1: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Everybody, welcome in. It is the Monday edition of the Drive. Hope everybody doing well. A beautiful Monday afternoon. I know for some folks that uh, it's not as pretty as you would like after uh, the basketball last night, but it is what it is. There's only one team that's going to be feeling great at the end of March Madness, and that's going to be the one that wins the national title. Just uh, you know, you would have liked to have gone a little longer uh, and and you know, gone out in a little more style if you're going out, but. Uh that being said, welcome. And it is the Monday edition of the drive. Bill and uh Dan will be uh, will be back as shortly. Uh we're coming to you from Franklin Tire here on uh University right across from CC's Pizza where they have been for years, better than more than 4 decades here in this location and over a half century now taking care of folks and their vehicles uh here at Franklin Tire. So the next time you know, you need anything seen about with your vehicle. And I mean, anything bring it in. They can, uh, yeah, you know, they'll get it taken care of, but first they'll diagnose it. They'll let you know exactly what the problem is. If there is, you know, if it is and if there are options, they'll tell you those as well. I mean, they've been taking care of my family and, uh, uh, our vehicles for well, for well over four decades. Uh, so. Stop in and see them. We'll let you know uh they 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 always there are always some interesting things going on. I believe one of the uh the uh, the tire deals is still going on. I'll check on that and get back with you, but we'd love to hear from you as we are just underway on the Monday edition of the drive. Our number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of auburn dot com Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through. Uh, because they sponsor the Kia of Auburn hotline. Um, we'll be taking your calls in just a little while, but what we're going to do here early on is we're going to bring in our normal third here on Mondays. That's Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Brian was up in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, Therefore, for the uh, regionals, just got back in town earlier today We'll get Brian's thoughts on Auburn basketball. The reason Brian's not with us today is because today is another of the media viewing windows for Auburn football. Spring football heading into its second full week of practice. The Tigers have now gone into full gear. We had the opportunity a little earlier today to spend some time with the new assistant coaches. Uh, now, Jimmy Brumbaugh, is not a new name to Auburn fans, but he's new to the uh, coaching staff, coaching the defensive line. Rock Bellantoni is the new edge um, coach. He was a, an analyst on the staff last year, so he's been with the program for a year. And then um, Christian Robinson is the new linebacker's coach coming to Auburn after being at Florida last year, the former Georgia linebacker. And Ike Hilliard, speaking of Florida, of course, the former. Uh, Florida Gator Great, who's been an NFL coach for the past decade plus. So we spent a little time talking with those coaches earlier today. We'll talk about that a little later on. But, uh, Brian will be, um, spending a little time with us. Then he will head over to the media viewing window. And, uh, if he has a chance after that, <clears throat> he will, uh, uh, he'll check back in with us. Let us know what he saw over at practice. As the Tigers again begin their second week of spring football, an awful lot to catch you up on. We can talk some baseball after Auburn uh, taking one of three from the number one team in the country in baseball over the weekend. Ole Miss softball looking to go five and one in conference tonight as they wrap up a series with South Carolina, dropping a heartbreaker in the opener on Saturday in extra innings before they came back and won big on yesterday. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is a, the Kia of Auburn Hotline, which we will go to right now, and welcome in our good friend from AuburnSports.com, and that's Brian Matthews. Brian, how you doing today, man? How was the trip? I'm
2: doing good. It's good to be back. Um, I'm over at the complex as we speak. Just arrived and uh, going to head over to um, practice here in about I don't know thirty forty minutes or so, and uh, check out the Tigers in action and. Um, move on with spring practice now that basketball is officially over
0: yeah over a little earlier than than any auburn fan would have liked i mean uh um but but to be honest brian i mean since since the uh, since the end of january it's been a struggle for auburn basketball they haven't been able to put together more than two consecutive wins since the end of january and um uh, the the defensive plan that that Miami took is something similar to what we saw Texas A&M run against the Tigers in the SEC tournament, also similar to what uh, Missouri, um, probably the first team to sort of show um, something that could be successful against Auburn, and that's what they've been dealing with here down the stretch as they go 6-5 and in their last
2: 11 games. Yeah, and I think before the tournament I thought, you know, USC would be the type of matchup in the second round for Auburn, but that uh, was clearly wrong because there was no question that this was a tough, tough matchup for Auburn. And I thought Miami had a great plan. You know, they had three really experienced, quick, talented guards that did not turn the ball over and not only defending the perimeter well, but would double team really well. And they also drop in and, and just give uh, Auburn's big so many different. Uh, troubles with the reach in and the, you know, the uh, grabbing after the balls. I think it just uh, completely uh, got Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler out of the games. And, you know, they had their uh, worst performance, I guess, combined of the, of the season. It just, you know, other than that uh, last little part of the first half, I mean, I thought Miami pretty much dominated. Uh, I, I guess is the right word. Maybe not dominated, but uh, we're in control
0: oh they they absolutely control the tempo and and everything about the ball game i mean it was uh, uh it was very impressive from a miami perspective they were so much quicker really to the ball and just quicker overall and that's where you know people were looking at the uh the the supposed advantages auburn had in size but uh but but the four guards and four one forward offense that they ran they were they were so sure of what they were doing and they were so quick it it really looked as though most of the ball game that they were playing with an extra player because they were always able to double team the ball, but there was never anyone that seemed to be wide open while they were doing that.
2: Well, you're right. And, you know, I was there and you could see that if Auburn could release the pass a half second quicker, when that double team was coming to them, they had opportunities to make plays, but they just were not able to do that. And, um, I mean, it was so quick, uh so well drilled. You know, they've been playing this way. Sorry, I'm I'm up in a staircase for my voice to echo a little bit. Uh it just made it uh it just made it so tough on everybody involved offensively. I mean Auburn just put bad offensively, uh taking a lot of bad shots and they got so discombobulated there, uh in the second half they couldn't make a a, a layup. You know, they just kept missing. Uh so it it was a tough game. It's, it's uh, disappointing, you know, for Auburn to finish such a great season this way. But this is what happens in March. You know, a lot of good teams get beaten March, and unfortunately, Auburn is one of those teams this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was to- I-, I was talking with some uh, uh, some folks this morning that haven't been big basketball fans. I mean, they're 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 Auburn folks that have been more football fans, and I, I had one um, sweet uh, sweet lady say. I just really thought we were going to the final four because we were there last time, and it's like, it, yeah. it, it it's it's just not as easy as it may as you may think. She went on and said, but but you know Alabama keeps getting there in football. It this isn't football, and it's not a four team it's not a four, <laughs> no. team, it's not it's a four not. team tournament either. You look yep. and you know right now one of the big stories obviously of the tournament is is uh, Coach K and his final run. Well, the last time they were in the final four, this is Duke we're talking about. The last time they were in the final yep. four was 20, 2016. The last time Kentucky yep. was in the final four was 15 or 16. Kansas has been yep. in 32 straight tournaments and they've won three championships. It's not easy yep. to get to the final four. The only team, the only team in the nation that's been in two final fours over the last five is Gonzaga and they haven't won either one. So it's, Exactly, I mean, and they're I favorites know, to win again, we'll say. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean yep. it's, uh, what you want to be is one of those teams that, that has realistic uh, hopes and expectations of being able to get there, but it's still easier said than done.
2: Yeah, if you can be a program, and I think Auburn is, has become that program, that you're competing for the state Championship every year. Auburn's doing that. If you're mm-hmm. making the tournament every year, Auburn's doing that, you know, unless they run into some off-the-court issues, right? If you're doing all those things, uh, Auburn basketball is doing more than it's ever done in its entire history every year. Uh, So this is the best time to be an Auburn basketball supporter in the entire history of this, you know, this program, uh, because they're doing it now on a consistent basis, and, you know, Coach Pearl is not going to slow down. They're going to go out there, and they're going to go get more really good players. Players want to play at Auburn. They want to play for Bruce Pearl, and... Uh, this roster is going to get you know turned over a little bit, but they're going to have a really good team again next year.
0: Uh, talking with Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com, and and I I know Brian, you're you're an '80s guy with sticks, right? Uh, best of times. These are oh yeah. the best of times oh, yeah. for Auburn for Auburn yep. basketball, and I mean I know there's some folks that are disappointed, but man, don't don't start complaining about it. I mean, just uh, not you don't even really want to remember back to to before right now. But yeah, I agree with you. Completely, Brian. I mean, Auburn, it's going to be really interesting to see the makeup of this team next year. We, I think we've got a really good idea of some of the parts. But with the transfer portal, um, there, there, there's still some, some wild cards that we don't really know yep. about yet. But, uh, but I mean, the, the, the guards have pretty much said they're coming back. Wendell's up and KD um, yep. coming back. It, it'll be really interesting. What's your feeling on Walker now?
2: Well, the other two, I think, are definitely coming back to Dylan Carwell and uh, Jalen Williams. Jalen, oh, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as Walker, uh, you know, just my years of experience in my head tells me that he's going to go uh, just because he's probably going to get a first-round grade of some sort. However, you know, I think with Walker's situation, uh, you know, I don't think a decision is necessarily going to be money-driven or 100% money-driven right. like it is for some people, even though they say it's oh, I agree. it usually is, um, and and then he's also um, more of an emotional guy, and I'm not saying that as a negative, I'm saying, you know, he those things are important to him, so it, it might be to him that, you know, going out this way as, as you know, playing one of his worst games of the year, and I'm not trying to... Um, you know, pick on him because he's been incredible most of the oh, season. Oh, I, I don't,
0: I don't right? think I would yeah. think he'd tell you anything any different,
2: right? Yeah, and, and but but going out that way may not be how he wants to finish up his Auburn or college career. So I, I think there's a possibility he returns. I'd probably just lean, you know, toward him to play. But, but well, that's 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 the one that I'll be watching the closest. Right. I mean, so could, yeah. there's probably going to be a couple players that end up transferring out. And, I'm uh, sure. going to bring in some good players, you know, they they may end up signing a really good uh, high school player that, that, you know, LSU, uh, loses possibly Or uh, they're certainly going to have their pick of, of some among some really good, uh, transport guys too. So, uh, the things they need in my mind for next year's team, not knowing exactly who's coming back is they've got to get a, another power forward who can shoot. Right. Uh, you know, and, and Jalen could be that guy, sure, but they need another one so Jalen can pay the four and five, in my opinion. And then they also need a middle no. guard that can shoot. They they need a Bryce Brown type. They've got to have that balance in their offense. They just did not have that really dependable guy that's one of the best three point shooters in the league. They, if they had that on this year's team, I think they would have been uh, much more built much better to make a run in in this tournament. Oh,
0: I agree. And that that's what you see so much in the tournament. And not that Miami I mean they, they shot the ball well, but they're not a perimeter shooting team. Mm-hmm. But uh guards especially when you get to the postseason and uh, and and guards that can light it up guys that can light it up are teams that can really get white hot and and make those runs that's something auburn just didn't have i mean you the reality of it is auburn has not been a great shooting team all year long the strength of their team has been you know uh, offense created by defense jabari's been the The one consistent shooter, and Miami yep. did a great job of sort of making him uncomfortable yesterday
3: yep
2: and Albert had no chance to get transition points out of that game. I mean Miami completely controlled that part of it. I mean they shut Albert down that ability, and they got most of their point or a lot of their points on the fast break. I forget what the number was, but it was thirty to one there you
0: was go. The yeah. fast break points yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, that, I was just sitting there shaking my head during the game. How many times they would just get layup after layup after layup after layup, mm-hmm. and of course Auburn, and would Auburn be down couldn't make down there. Um, yeah, and it, it just bounced off the backboard and off the rim, and yeah, you know, it was just uh, it was just one of those nights, right? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, and and, and like I said, I mean, it's not uncommon. Uh, just you, you know, Auburn can commiserate with a lot of other fan bases that have that have gone through that. This year and many times in the past. So, uh, what you do is you just uh, you definitely have confidence that Bruce Pearl knows what he's doing. Is going to put together another outstanding, uh, talented team that'll uh, you know yeah. take another shot at it next year.
2: Yeah, and I really want to see him get uh, the type of guards that he likes to play with. I think that's more his style. Yeah. And if, mm-hmm. if he can have another shooter back there, and, and you would hope that the guys like Katie and you know Wendell and. Uh, Zep can uh, improve their shooting, uh, then they can be a really really dangerous team, and they can play more his style of um, offense, be more open, um, you know, be more transition team, be more of a um, you know a team that can uh, you know just get on fire like they did in 2019 and just shoot uh, other teams out of the gym.
0: Brian, I know you got to uh, head on into the uh, viewing window here in just a little bit. Hopefully, you're done and can give us a little uh sneak peek of some of the things that'll be up online after a while uh, after the uh, viewing window?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, it starts at 440, so I'll be out there, and uh, I'll just call in, you know, afterwards and uh, give you all the report on what I see. It's probably not going to be anything or shattering You know, we're going to look at the quarterback, see what order they're in, right. and, you know, see who's who's uh, doing what and what have you, but, you know, it's not going to be like uh we get to watch Eleven on Eleven, or and you know take the stats from it or anything. So, but yeah, I'll be glad to check in then.
0: Sounds good, Brian. Man, really appreciate the uh, the update. Glad to have you back in town. Sorry that uh, sorry you won't be traveling any further. Won't be heading to Chicago this weekend.
2: No, not not this year. No Chicago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, thanks, Brian. We'll talk to you in a little while. All right. All right, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Uh, joining me. Here early on, Dan will be back in a little bit. We had a uh, little technical difficulties, but we'll get things straightened out and continue. We're just underway here on the Monday edition of The Drive, coming to you from Franklin Tire. i uh, love for you to stop in if you get a chance. Uh, give us a call. We'll open up the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390, here on The Monday Drive from Franklin Tire
1: live on The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and silicaga To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com Welcome back into the drive, Monday afternoon. A beautiful Monday,
0: uh, and we are at Franklin Tire here on uh, East University Drive. Bill, will check back in with Brian Matthews uh, in a little while after he gets through watching a little of football practice. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk in a little while about what some of the assistant coaches had to say. We met with the coordinators last week, Eric Keesaw and Jeff Schmetting. Today, an opportunity to spend some time with the new uh, the new assistant coaches that. Our first introduction to them, uh, at least as coaches, because we'd met Jimmy Brumball before. But uh, we're, we're talking basketball. We're still looking back at last night, uh, the Tigers' season-ending loss, seventy-nine sixty-one, to the Miami Hurricanes in the uh, second round of the NCAA tournament up in Greenville. And uh, while we're uh, getting our uh, technical situation straightened out, we'll have everything uh, we'll have everything right here in just a few minutes. Thought we'd go ahead and, and let you hear bruce pearls uh, honestly i i I did not listen to the whole thing myself last night i was not not uh yeah i sort of had an idea what he was going to say but we'll let you hear what bruce pearl had to say following the tigers season-ending loss last night
4: and um uh, miami played very well their experience their speed their quickness you know right from the right from the jump um they had us Um, our team is uh, did an amazing job this year coming together and uh, winning an SEC championship been a great locker room Um, unbelievable character unbelievable effort energy guys loved each other played for each other gave each other grace um, we give God the glory and the victory we We give him the glory and the defeat. This is the plan, and we're going to learn from it
5: Justin Ferguson Auburnham's ever bruce in the losses you guys have had this season, Jabari Walker had played really really well tonight, you know off games for both of them. What was different about this one something Miami was doing on defense or you know what what went into that
4: yeah, just uh you know, if I knew, I probably could have prevented it, you know. Um, it's like you know. Sometimes when you talk to the losing coach, and he doesn't have the answers, because I didn't have the answers, you know. And it's a, those are that's a good question. Um, you know, Jabari and Walker have been consistent, as consistent as anybody we've had, right? Um, and uh, you know, part of it just getting off to a bad start. Walker picked up two early fouls, missed a couple of easy ones early, and. Uh, I thought miami I thought their ball pressure their, their, it bothered us early. We came down and and uh you know we got we got disrupted, zepp was disrupted, you know passing out of the double team, and you know things that we knew they were going to do that we hoped to take advantage of the double team and we we really never did. We were inviting the trap and then trying to make plays out of it and uh so hey uh, al.com first and then Miami You Well, the bias al.com. Um, Bruce State they had 30 fast break points.
6: You guys had one fast break point and then there was a lot of short
4: shots. Was fatigue a factor at all? No, I don't I don't think the fatigue was a factor. I mean, we just we were disrupted. Um, you know, we were we were we were we were getting outplayed, you know, and uh our team hadn't hadn't we haven't been out played like that all year, right? If, as I stop and think about our losses, right? Our first loss at Arkansas, um, you know, we got possession to win the game in regulation. It's overtime loss. Our next loss, I think, was at Florida. We got the ball to win it in over- in regulation, right? We go to Tennessee and we're down three with less than a minute. That's our third loss. An A&M game, we came back, and uh, you know, I don't know, whatever got down to it was like four late, something like that. So the first time, this is the first time um, that we got it handed to us. So we just did not respond. Um, you know, my best player is eighteen, and they have four players that are twenty-four, and then that experience showed. And it really did. And so from one of the things we talked about after the game was, you know, what can we, what can we learn from this, right? What, what can we learn? Um, and uh, I thought that, I thought just, we hadn't been hit in the mouth like that all year. And uh, we responded throughout the, you know, at the, at the end, by the end of the first half battle back. But when they hit us in the mouth again, at the start of the second half. I thought about actually going with a different start lineup, and I probably should have because of how poorly we started. And I can put that on me. I probably should have gone with a different lineup to start the game, start the second half, because that lineup started so poorly. Miami Herald.
1: Bruce, I mean, you had uh, seen them on on tape and everything. Now that you've seen them, play them in person against your team, how good do you think this Miami team is? And, you know, going forward, I mean, they really were, they were picked 12th in the ACC this year. You know, how, yeah. what do you think about this team
4: overall? Well, because they had so many new guys and, and, and there was a lot we were picked fifth in our league in one league, you know. Um, and so uh, um, they're good. They got good pieces. They're really quick. I mean, the guards, each one of those guards, Wong and Moore and McGusty, are all. They're all going to win. Those three kids are going to win their matchup almost every night, right? And then, you know, Sam just is a uh, unusual player for what he does, right? And then, um, you know, Miller's really was was really quick. I think Miller's quickness bothered our our five men a little bit. You know, uh, they don't have great depth, so that's going to be that could be an issue for them. But they're a tough cover. And they got older experienced guys that have just been there and done that. Dick Cox. Dick Cox with Lindy Sports
3: and Cox Sports Broadcasting. Coach, you kind of touched on this earlier, but uh, they get off to the good start. And again, you get, got all the momentum in going at the half. And they went on a 7 0 run in the first three minutes and all like that. Do you think that really took it out of your kids mentally to fall back and then been back in the hole again?
4: Yeah, it, it very well could have. Um, you know, we had some things that uh, we wanted to try to get done early, and we just didn't. And uh, the, the, the game, the second half started just like the first half started. So um, it, it probably took something out of us. All right, I got it. That's
0: Bruce Pearl following last night's 79-61 season-ending loss to Miami. Bill and Dan will be right back with you as we come to you from Franklin Tire here on the Monday Drive.
1: and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and silicaga To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon, Bill and Dan. Uh, Dan, put put your headset on so people will believe that you're actually here. I had that's a right, of I I going. am back. You keep saying Dan's there, and it's like they hadn't heard him yet. Oh no, it's one of those. They know that's that's the first time there's ever been thirty minutes with
6: Dan that they haven't heard him. Yeah, Bill Cameron and friends. Yeah, what was yeah the giveaway that the giveaway that I wasn't there is that you didn't hear a peep out of me for a yeah. half hour, but I. I am here at Franklin Tire and Auto, one of my favorite places to do the show. One of our favorite places. Oh, absolutely, to do the show and get an uh, oil change while we're here. Tell people the phone number, Bill. They need to have it. They need to have it in their phones at all times, right?
0: Uh, yeah, it's, that would be 331-821-4572. That's right. Franklin, I don't have that in front of me. That's I've called it so many times. Yeah, he
6: had to, You know what? You're you're imagining a dial pad. That's right. right? You're imagining. Exactly you're right. imagining the nine digits. Yep. Uh, let. Well,
0: speaking of phone numbers. Um, let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Three, three, four, three, two, one, 1390 and Dak is up first. Hey, Dak.
3: Hey guys. How are y'all doing today?
0: Uh, all right, man. It's a gorgeous day. Gotta, you know, gotta, gotta it enjoy is. what you
3: can. It is a beautiful day and I'm so thankful to be able to listen to y'all today and, uh, just, uh, so proud of our basketball team and, uh, I'll go over the positive first, <laughs> Uh, But very thankful for them and how they represented Auburn and and, uh, what a season to be proud of, and they don't have anything to be ashamed of. Not at Um, all. (laughs) No, uh, but I tell you what, I was concerned when I saw the USC-Miami game and I saw that they had four seniors and one junior. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm convinced in basketball, no matter how talented you are, that experience and senior leadership will win usually in the end. And, and I, I think that really showed in that game, uh, their experience over hours.
0: Yeah. They showed the, uh, you know, they showed the graphic a few times during the game about their, you know, their average age was over 23. So, right. uh, yes, that helps. And especially when it's guys that have played together, it's not just,
3: uh, um, right. Exactly. You know, well, that's what I mean. And, and, but look, guys, let's be honest. I mean, we didn't look too too hot against Jacksonville State. I mean, we we didn't really put those guys away till under the five minute mark.
6: Highly and, highly competitive first fifteen minutes before Auburn yeah, went on it, the eighteen zero run. That's that the story should, of that, that, that first.
3: Game. Right, and that should have never taken place. But we it just it was obvious we were not playing our best ball uh, over the last month. And uh, you know, I don't I don't for whatever reason since the uh, Kentucky-Oklahoma game, we we just didn't get better. Uh, and to me, kind of like Miami you saw how aggressive Miami was. That's the way we played the first half of the season or first 18 games. And for whatever reason, it's like, and I, I don't want to hear that story of people figured out how to play us. It didn't take 17 games to figure out how to play us either. But to me, it's like all of a sudden we turned into a three-point shooting team And we had no business doing that because we hadn't done that all year. I mean, what was we the other night? Three for, what, (sighs) 20-something?
0: Yeah, I think uh, Auburn was 19%, whatever the final numbers were. I mean, it was maybe five for 26 or something like that.
3: I mean, I I don't understand why we stopped driving to the basket, and if we're not shooting, we're dishing it off. Uh, and, And it's proven, if you watched all these games, you, you're gonna get fouled 75 percent of the time, and that's what we were doing in the beginning of the season, and I just did not see that the you know the last month of the season at all. Um, and, I, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, I saw. I, I, no, no, I you're, you're,
0: you're right. There are a couple of things, though. What uh, one of the things that worked so well was driving to the basket and having. Walker Kessler with with one guy on him able to just jump up over everybody and get it and dunk it. People started really packing it in more, making it more difficult for the pass to Walker to
6: be executed. If you want to describe it as reliant, Auburn was reliant on the forwards to play well, to beat good teams this year. You can describe it that way. I mean, it's not that that takes a little bit away from the guards. But the fact is, I mean, in Auburn's best performances, you look at Walker and Jabari's combined stat line. And it's usually pretty good, right? I mean, you look at Auburn. No, when, if it's less than thirty points, it was a it was a shock. And so, I mean, Auburn. We I think even the most devout diehard twelve, the most devout diehard Auburn fan understood that if there was a night when Jabari and Walker both struggled, or a defense did a good job containing both of them, it was going to be really difficult for Auburn to win. You were going to need some of the best basketball you've seen out of the rest of the team in order to overcome that. Last night, you had that performance from Walker and Jabari. Unfortunately, you didn't get the Herculean effort it would take from the other guys in the rotation to overcome a 3-for-22 night combined from Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, where it wasn't like they were saving it defensively. You know, for, you know, they, weren't, they weren't overcoming a 3-for-22 combined from the field uh with, uh, with, 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 spectacular defense. So no, I mean, it was a, uh, it's disheartening. Um, I, I would, I'd be careful about making long-term sort of proclamations. I know that's a tempting thing to do for people to think like, well, why, why did this team like the 2018 team, you know, fall apart against an ACC team and something of an upset in the round of 32, but you've been watching NCAA tournament basketball for a long time, Bill. This happens. Well, and, and, it's it's disappointing. Can't sugarcoat it. There's oh, not, no. enough, not enough not enough uh, sugar to make the medicine go down. But it's uh, it's something that happens to a lot of great programs. It, a lot of the does. best programs in college basketball. You, you want you want to peak
0: at you know at your postseason, and, and, and it looked like really Auburn peaked the end of January. I mean, when uh, and and they were playing so well. And it's tough to get back to that peak form sometimes.
6: And timing is so important. And, I mean, not just when you get well, when you you start playing well during a season, but also when you play your best basketball during a game. Auburn played, and again, Not to take anything away from a record breaking historic season, one of the best in school history. Yeah, that's the thing. Keep in mind this is 28 16. Maybe the first six minutes of the second half last night were the worst six minutes of basketball Auburn's played this season, right there. Probably. They they very well be. Okay, so again, not to be too hard on the team, but timing matters. And when you get that cold for that long of a stretch, you know, unless you're playing a team that's completely, uh, you know, completely asleep uh, you're you're probably going to struggle to advance and Auburn uh, ran into a team that was far from asleep last night in the Miami Hurricanes anything else Dak? you still there
3: no yeah uh i i agree with you 100% you know i think we peaked way too early i was concerned about that even then because if you any sport it doesn't matter if it's football baseball or basketball I mean how many times have you seen uh you know a major league baseball team jump out to an incredible record at, and by the all-star break you just know they're going to make it uh to the finals and they don't even make it to the finals I mean you look at New England Patriots when they went undefeated you know they were unstoppable between game 5 and game 14 and then they kind of started slacking off you know and struggled in the playoffs uh, and then end up getting beaten in the Super Bowl but y- you definitely you don't want to peak too early, and it definitely looked like that's what happened to us.
6: And, and you know, 63 of these teams are going to finish the season with actually 67 of the teams in the field yeah. are going to are going to finish the season with a loss, so you don't want to overreact. That's but right. at the same time, you know, some of this, no, I mean, you know, there, there were, we're, there very were warning proud. signs this season of some of the things that you saw last night that ultimately cost Auburn. And one of the ways, I think one of the cool ways to sort of look at, you know, what, what could have been or what could have changed? You know, somebody asked me last night, we, we were having a conversation, and the the question came up of um, if you could take any previous Bruce Pearl era Auburn player and put them on this team. Like, what one player do you think would have maybe put this team over them? You can go in a lot of different directions.
0: I, I, I'm going to take one that, uh, that, that, you know, still would have had eligibility. I mean, you know, time-wise, clockwise,
6: that would be Sharif. Sharif's a good – I mean, you could say Sharif. I would have loved to see a bigger guard that provided some scoring.
0: I was was just trying to be somebody that's like, oh, if he hadn't left last year, what could this have been? The
6: person I was talking to said Bryce Brown immediately. You know, I think outside shooting, you know, from from the two and, and, you know, a little more reliable shooting from the guards would have helped at times this year. You know, somebody like a Samir or an Isaac – you know, the, the size that an Isaac Acoro might have brought to, a, you know, to this team at the perimeter. Uh, you know, it's a lot of different ways you could go, but yeah, it does seem like this team was maybe one piece away ultimately from uh, as great as they were in the regular season, and that banner's going to hang forever at, uh, at Neville Arena. It still doesn't sound right, but, but that, that banner's going to hang forever. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, Auburn uh, not, not going any further in the NCAA tournament.
0: Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Appreciate the call, Dak. Great three, stuff, Dak. Yep, 334-321-1390. That's the Ikea of Auburn hotline. I mean, 5 of 26 from 3 last night. I, th- I thought that was what the number was. I
6: mean, that's one, and that's 1 of 8 from Jabari, but that's also not, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's also, yeah. there's, there's other. Uh, Jalen
0: was the, Jalen for the, for the second straight yep. game was the best shooter that Auburn had. Jalen
6: Williams, 24 minutes in two games, 20 points. Oh, Jaylen, a, no! Jalen picked it up and a shot to the mouth uh, after the yeah, uh, you no know, despite taking but, a, a yeah, pretty serious, fire. pretty serious elbow. Yeah, during the uh, during the game against Jacksonville State. I mean, Bruce, uh, Bruce said, "I don't want to misquote him." You, no, he said after the game that that he is building the team around Jalen Williams. That's right. Jalen Williams figures to be a really big piece of next year's Auburn team, regardless of who stays and who goes. Hard to imagine. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's it's tough to, uh, uh, you, you know, we, we've talked about this in college football. It's tough to feel really confident about what different players are going to decide to do. You think oh, the you know transfer portal? Yeah.
0: Uh, it's 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 almost impossible. I think you've got I think you have a pretty good idea of some of the pieces. We were talking about that a little while I was talking about that a little while ago, talking about with the guys on the Max round table. The guards that you saw the most of have all said they're coming back next year. Zepp, KD, and Wendell have all said they're going to be back next year. That doesn't mean you won't be adding more. You're already bringing in a couple, uh, you know, a couple more. We, we'll see if the transfer portal adds even more to a uh, what could be a very, very deep backcourt.
6: And I mean no disrespect to Wendell or Zepp or KD when I say that Auburn was probably a guard away this season and probably a bigger guard mm-hmm. away. And and you know we had a uh, we had a friend who shall remain nameless who went to both games yesterday in Greenville and pointed out physically just when you're evaluating them as athletes the frame the length the the I mean you watching Michigan State versus Duke before Auburn played I mean there there was a there was a difference in athleticism there was a difference in the kind of athlete that Duke and Michigan State are bringing in out of high school as guard uh, as compared to Auburn, and part of that's because Auburn has a couple of guards that started their career as mid-major guards who didn't really get that kind of attention out of high school. And, and that's, again, not to, not to it's not intended as a slight against them because I think there's no doubt after this season, Wendell Green, Zepp Jasper, Katie Johnson, they can be pieces on a very very good team and this was their first year here at Auburn too so I mean can they be can they be the starting one and two who get the bulk of the minutes on right. a really good team maybe. maybe you might need to see some improvement you right. might need to see another piece sort of helping out you might need to see yeah you know they, they, there could be there could be lineups you struggle against with with that kind of team but I uh, don't want to count them out and love, love to see what the future holds for, uh, for all those guys.
0: We'll get to our final break of hour number one as we continue from Franklin Tower. Yellowhammer, hang on. You're up first
1: when we come back here on the Monday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the Drive. Yeah. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive as we come to you from Franklin Tire here
0: on this Monday. And uh, let's get right back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Yellowhammer is up next.
2: Hey, afternoon. Hey, uh, Yellowhammer. Hey, uh, good, good. Thanks. Hope you all are well. Um, I have a theory here, and it could be wrong, but uh, you tell me where I might be off base. But uh, relative to all the other basketball teams, particularly the ones we've played, uh, we're a, a relatively young team, and what we've done is
3: sort of impressive and remarkable.
0: Now that you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's what one of the caller, last caller, was talking about. Dak, the fact that uh, how experienced Miami is, and uh, you know, Auburn, Auburn had a freshman, three sophomores, and a junior. Yesterday, and that's what they've used for the starting lineup all year long.
6: Yeah, and I know people are using that as sort of you know, oh, you can't expect massive roster turnover and then take that team to a championship. I think everybody's going to be yeah, everybody. See, I mean, it seems like it seems like the formula now is, is, but it's <laughs> nice if you can have a, guy, a couple of guys that have been. Playing together for multiple years. Yeah, it sounds like Auburn could have something. I mean, depending on who stays, Auburn could have something of a luxury in being a really good team with a lot of experience, which right. which does happen. UCLA brought mm-hmm. back the entire Final Four from last, you know, the entire starting five from last year's Final Four, and and they were an even better team in the regular season a year later. There's reason to believe that experience, especially if you pair it with the right new additions, can pay off. This it is important to remember, even if you don't have. Jabari Smith next year it remains to be seen what happens with Walker. Uh with for the rest of these guys, this was their first year playing together, and you would expect things to be even better the longer they can play together.
2: Well here's a question. Um uh, the uh the entire SEC has been thrown out of the <laughs> out of the uh out of the Except Arkansas. here other than Arkansas, Arkansas right yeah. don't, don't, Arkansas, let them,
6: don't let don't let him hear you Arkansas hear you against say that Kansas, in, in though in Fayetteville they'll 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 run you out of town for saying the whole <laughs> SEC is out of the tournament
7: <laughs> well i, I don't I, 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 I'm, I, let
0: me beat you to the punch no i, I don't buy that the SCC was just overrated and not very good this year it's just things like this happen in the tournament i mean now I, I i wanted to caution some people you know before you before you start pounding your chest and making fun of other people in other conferences, uh, just wait and see what happens. Because you know we've seen um, conferences that that thought they were the best or or have been um, you know touted as being the best Europe you know in different years. I'm see
6: their teams drop out just like the SEC has. This I'm year. not the fun police. You know that, Bill. I'm no, not I the know. guy who's going to come in and tell I everybody. I'm not going to tell you how to celebrate. I'm not going to tell you any of that stuff. I wasn't joining in on the fun when Auburn. Auburn fans were having a lot of fun when this team would get eliminated from the tournament or that team would get eliminated from yep. the tournament. And to me, you know, maybe it's because I watch too much basketball. I know uh, 67 of these teams are going to lose a game, uh, you know, between the start of the tournament and the end of it. I yeah, I just thought, uh, be, you know, be careful. Uh, you, you reap what you sow. Pride goes before the fall. You know, all, all, all that good stuff.
0: Appreciate it, Yellowhammer. Three, three, four, three, two, one, thirteen, ninety. And yeah, the whole conference now, except for Arkansas, That is right. Arkansas has, uh, is the last team standing, and there were a lot of people making fun of Arkansas, saying they'd be what they'd be one of the first ones out.
6: I, you don't ever know. I, I know we'll get to Terry, but short answer: the most impressive team in the field for you going into the Sweet Sixteen is blank.
0: Uh, North Carolina.
6: North Carolina is right there, right? I mean, yeah. I think North Carolina UCLA is going to be a war. Yeah, I, think those, I think those. are two of the best teams left in the draw. Arizona, uh, impressive uh, the way they impressive. impressive the way they bounce back. Yeah, scary looking. Villanova looks great. They they, they really they, do. Villanova looks great. All right, Terry
0: is up next. Hey, Terry. Hey guys. Hey, I'm
3: predicting Villanova to win the whole thing. Yeah, i look, say Villanova gets out of the first was two Villanova Yeah, opponent.
6: you're absolutely right. When we when we talked to Coach last week.
3: I don't think I'm going out on a limb there too much. It seems like if Jay Wright gets past the first, second round, they're pretty hard and pretty tough to deal with. Um, How many shots? Do you guys have any idea how many shots Auburn missed last night from six and a half or seven feet in?
0: I know that they were officially 11 for 22 on layups, and I thought that was better than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's better than I thought it would.
3: It just seems like the closer they got, the worse they got. Now, they weren't good from anywhere, but the closer they got, the, the worse they got, in my opinion. In my opinion, they Why have I to get mean, 15 points on, on, on
0: them. the court. I mean, they were more physical inside as well as on the perimeter. And uh and, and Auburn looked like they were just rushing everything. They didn't just go ahead, go up and calmly put it in because they were afraid of, of getting the ball blocked or or them getting pushed out. Auburn was
6: sixteen of forty three from two. That's unbelievable. So that's under forty percent. That's from two. And then yes. that's and then that coupled with with
0: 19 percent from outside. Yes. Right, that's
6: with seventeen offensive rebounds too. You think about, I mean, that that I mean, how and you many? You know
0: what they did last night? They did they didn't even count the last shot, or Auburn would have been an even thirty percent for the game. The last shot Auburn took, they didn't even they didn't even put it in the books. <laughs> I don't know why.
3: See, I think Bruce Pearl, as great a job he does, has done, and as much as I'd like him to stay at Auburn for a long time, he got taken to the coaching woodshed last night. Let's be honest. Hey. Now. Every coach, coach has. Coaches, Smith, it Mike happens Smith. to everybody.
0: I mean, yeah, sure does. Uh, I mean, and and you know, each coach has his own strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 Bruce is Bruce. Bruce has. I. Bruce is a great uh, builder and, um, and a maintainer. I, I think. I think he's a great evaluator mm-hmm. and collector. And, and, he, and he he's a great recruiter. Uh, and I, I think, I think those are, those are his, and, and obviously he's, he's one of the best promoters and, you know, uh, faces of the program that you're ever going to find anywhere.
3: Well, now that basketball is over to be focused on football.
0: I would think probably so. I mean, you haven't obviously given up on the diamond by any means. But, yeah, we'll talk some football, too, when we come back. Terry, if you want to, uh, you you can give us a call back here. We're going to talk a little bit about what some of the assistant coaches had to say a little earlier today. Brian Matthews will be checking in with us. He was on for the first segment. He'll be back after watching the football uh, viewing window as well. So stick with us. We're halfway done here on Monday Drive from Franklin Tire.
1: 294-AR Auburn. WGCC HD3 Waverly. Auburn Opelika's Sports Leader. ESPN 1067. A broadcast service of Auburn Network, Incorporated <laughs> Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. <laughs> The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at espnau.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Selacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at espnau.com. Welcome in hour number 2 to The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill and
0: Dan coming to you from Franklin Tire, and uh, we we appreciate everybody joining in, joining us on this Monday drive. A great looking day. Uh, I know it's uh I know it's not uh, not what a lot of folks expected here on this Monday after the uh, second round of the NCAA basketball tournament. As we now know, the Sweet Sixteen contains one SEC school, and that. At the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, We'll we'll talk about that and much more uh, as we get underway here. Want to let you uh, know, of course, hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through to the drive is 334-321-1390.
6: The drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Text 334-564-1840 to leave us a question or comment.
0: So uh, again, obviously, looking back at uh, last night's Season ending loss for Auburn in the uh, uh, up in Greenville, South Carolina, 79 61, a game in which Auburn never led. And it was really only, it seemed to only be in doubt at the very end of the first half. Because, you know, to me, a critical possession to open the second half, Auburn has the opportunity to take the lead, get the ball down under the basket. Walker Kessler gets blocked. Jabari Smith gets blocked. Jabari Smith commits his second foul. Miami then goes on an 8-0 run to start the second so,
6: half. Something we've talked, uh, we've done this before with this year's Auburn team, and in general, we, when we're watching an event, and we'll say, wow, it's, it's almost it's good news for this team that they played as poorly as they did, and the game is still in doubt. right? Because the first half, right. the way Auburn played in the first half, it could have been a double figure game at the break. And it could have been a, a game where you're worried if it's too large for Auburn to come back. But instead, it was just one point at mm-hmm. halftime. And you thought, if Auburn plays that poorly and it's still just a one point game, surely they'll play better in the second half and be able to outscore this team. Instead, felt like Auburn took a little time getting into gear. As we said earlier in the show, that first six, seven minutes of the second half, maybe. The worst stretch of basketball Auburn has played all season, and Miami took advantage of that and and built a lead that they would never give up.
0: Yeah, and don't call me Shirley. I mean, so that's, that's the way it felt right. last night when you said yeah. Shirley. Well, you know what? You no.
6: we picked no. the wrong, we picked the wrong, wrong week to time. quit. Yeah, you're Pick right. The wrong week that. to quit
0: all that stuff, Bill. You're not kidding. All right, uh, let, let's get to the key of
6: Auburn hotline. Alan gets us started. Hey, Alan, you try dragging Walton up the floor. <laughs>
5: uh. Yeah, I mean, I I have not watched a tremendous amount of Auburn basketball this year, but, you know, I did watch some of the tournament tournament games. And I see online people complaining, that oh, we didn't get the best players to ball. But Auburn's guards, do they normally dribble and inhabit that space that's like six feet out past the the three-point line? It seemed like that's that's where they were inhabiting, and it's so hard to – Make a pass that far out, or is that just was that just last night? Or do they normally just dribble and, and work that area of the court? Whereas I noticed Miami's guards were all at the three point line, you know, making mm-hmm. things happen.
0: No, it's it's really not just last night. Now I will say yeah. this: Missouri was the first team that sort of seemed to push the Auburn guards out a little bit farther than usual, and they put a little more pressure out on the perimeter. And we've seen more teams do that uh, down the stretch. And and I don't know maybe if if they've gotten used to being out a little farther from the basket. But, yes, sometimes it would drive you crazy, um, especially when it would be coming down to the final few seconds uh, of a half or the game or even on the shot clock. And you'd see the ball 25-plus feet from the basket and not really moving around, just sort of staying there until it got within the last couple of seconds. So no it's it's not the first time we've seen that.
5: Um yeah, and and when when they bring the ball over half court and they get doubled immediately and you you just knew it's over. I mean they they're, they're going to get trapped, they're going to turn the ball over, they're going to make a bad bad. I mean you see that in high school right? you know when you're just taking advantage of the other guy and make him look bad. That's what they were doing all guards. Uh, it's just, Sad. I mean, I I don't know um, why why nobody's moving and and helping. I I don't know. Um, And another thing I noticed early in the game, I said, "This looks like athletes versus non-athletes." I mean, Auburn's two best players on the court are not great athletes, Kessler and Jabari Smith. And you look at the other team; every athletic. Um, attribute i could think of weakness anticipation just speed hops what are you going to call it miami had it and then auburn didn't
6: see you know, I, uh, I thought it was more i thought it was more pronounced with auburn's guards as far as yeah, the, the size I, uh, the size difference. i mean yeah. jabari smith I is going to be
0: and walker for yeah. their size yeah are athletic but miami was able to take advantage by having more athletic smaller guys which made those guys seem less athletic. I mean, because you just can't be, when you're that long, when you have that kind of length, you can't have that kind of quickness. You know,
6: um, I think what's remarkable is that that didn't seem to be a big problem. Maybe that's part of the reason why there are so many SEC teams that didn't go, that, that didn't go as far in the tournament as we thought. That wasn't a problem against Kentucky. It wasn't a problem as much against Tennessee. I guess, in hindsight, Arkansas... Was one of those teams that had some athletes at guard that that really gave Auburn trouble, and now you look, and Arkansas is the one SEC team left uh, still dancing. So, I mean, I, I I don't I don't disagree, but I would disagree with Jabari and Walker as the examples.
5: Their length makes them um, kind of deceiving. I mean, it's hard for them to have quick twitch yeah. type, type If they're uh, matched awesome up against stuff.
0: guys the same the same height as them. Yeah. They're generally gonna but, be more athletic than them. But it's that's but what that's Texas I mean, excuse me, that's Miami's uh advantage. And was, that's to their
6: to their credit. And I was about to say that it it was reminiscent of what happened in Tampa against a A&M. team you just yep. m- accidentally mentioned, Texas A and M. Okay. All
0: right, that's all I got. Thanks. Appreciate it, Alan. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Bill is up next. Hey Bill. Hey guys. How are we doing?
6: Doing good doing all well. right, you know. D- disappointing end to the season for one of the great runs, you know, Auburn basketballs had, you know, over, over a, you know a couple of months ever. But uh, you know, still still a great NCAA tournament. Looking forward to more basketball, yeah. and uh, you know, sun sun's still shining. Speak for yourself.
7: <laughs> let me just let me just go back to the game before this one and and get a little feel good in here. Okay, I listened. I was listening to you the other day, and you were jacked up. As I was about Jabari doing that slam dunk. Right? Mm-hmm. You with sure. me? Okay. Now. And I was in the story and I was like, oh, this is yeah, you're right. Oh, the 2 step that I'm from Chicago, so I I kind of know Michael Jordan's kind of era. I I watched a lot of games with Michael You've seen some anyways, dunks. You've seen dunks
6: you've seen yeah, dunks in your debut from Chicago.
7: But yeah, but the thing is what I saw that you didn't bring attention to, really, and I was I was screaming at at, at the radio. I was going, "You guys, you, you said all those things, but to me, the best thing was him going chest to chest with a guy bigger than him, and and right. and doing it. That's you know right. what I'm saying?
6: You no you're absolutely right. And, he, it and, wasn't and, he didn't victimize a guy who had no chance trying to block the shot, right? It was a guy it was you know he he went up against I mean, a similar sized guy up, and and, you know, and served yeah.
0: it. And, and, and then we saw last night. And then and yeah. then what
6: happened? And then <laughs> yeah, and, and and Paul Harvey would tell you and then the the rest the rest of the story. The of the
7: story. Right? But you know the, the the whole key to me was that was such a bright spot. I don't know if it was on um, sports, you know, sports whatever it is. Uh, ESPN,
6: oh, it went TV. viral. It's Sports it goes Center. viral these days. You know what I mean?
7: Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. It was a great thing. But yesterday, I know how you guys felt, just like I felt. Kind of sick, a little bit inside. What? what there was a number of things. I mean, it, to me, our two best players that may not be here next year because they're you know they're good, but they they weren't hitting the shots like. They normally did, you know, like they did the game before. Number one. Number two was, I love KD, but why does he want to drive the lane with, you know, towers above, guys towering above him every time instead of passing up? Did you figure that one out yet? I
6: have fearless. Fearless is usually an adjective that you use as a compliment to a basketball player, right? You talk about, oh, that guy's fearless. Sometimes KD's fearlessness, his willingness to believe, I can score on this guy, I can score on those guys. Nobody's stopping so, me. It's yes.
0: like, like a running back sniffing the end yes. zone but, you or know, something it's like, well, is what, it's, what it sort of seems like. But, you know, remember in the Jack State game, he had seven assists. Yes.
7: Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy a good guy. It's just that sometimes, yeah. it's just my opinion, Sometimes I feel some of these kids, especially our guards, start thinking about how they 're going to look on t v or whatever they're doing the me me thing more than the team team thing you know Just a feeling I, I, you.
0: maybe i i maybe i maybe it's because i 'm looking at it through uh, orange and blue glasses but i think I think sometimes though they're thinking i've got to do this to to you know To put the team in better position, I have got to do this
6: for the team to win. And often in basketball, when you're watching somebody and you're wondering, it's like, why does, especially at this level, right? It's like, well, why does that guy do this? It's like it's because it's because it's worked. It's always worked for him. So it's I mean, mean, Wendell Green and
0: and teams is you wonder you
6: wonder why Wendell Green throws those passes or takes those shots from there. It's like because it's it's worked. (laughs) It's gotten him this far, and he believes. And I understand because we've wondered about shot selection for years, right? And maybe Bruce could have tighter reins on the offense. In that regard, but, yeah, I mean, there were times yeah. there were times this weekend where it seemed like the guards weren't protecting the ball like the season was on the line yeah. Yeah. in NCAA I mean, tournament green. games, and the season's on the line.
7: Green and KD and, and, and Zeb, they just, to me, weren't clicking right. They weren't doing what we were seeing before. Now, mm-hmm. you said you're looking through uh, orange and uh, orange and blue classes <clears throat> Well, think of me, Chicago no Bears. Orange and blue. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. I, I, orange and blue. So you know, I'm drinking the same Kool-Aid you are. <laughs> anyway, hey guys, I just wanted to say hey, I've never called before and I appreciate you guys.
6: Oh absolutely. So, oh, Bill, I, hey, yeah, don't, don't call back any Bill. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, lo- love hearing from you. Love the different perspectives and uh and yeah, I mean it's it's a season you know, you you don't want to overreact and you don't know what the future holds, but it's a uh, that's a disappointing end for a – and I think what's, what's also disappointing about the game going the way it did last night is I think there was the belief that Auburn's bracket was starting to – the oh, region. I, I
0: still think when you look at yeah. that bracket, you go, oh, man, because you've got Iowa State next – you're not having to – you know, you weren't having to play some of those teams that, that you thought you might have to. There's no – Wisconsin's
6: gone – so that's right either either Iowa State or Miami will be in the elite 8, right. the one game away from the final four in the Midwest region. They're going to play the winner of the other game in Chicago on Friday. That's Providence in Kansas. That's one of the few Providence one- has been better than a lot of people thought too. I think we have we have two 1 versus 4s in in the field and it's uh, Gonzaga Arkansas to kick off the action on Thursday and then on Friday you've got the other uh, the other game that's uh, the, um, uh, that, that's, that's Kansas province. Yeah. it's Kansas province. What we were just talking about. Uh, the other, uh, the other Thursday games. Well, it's okay. So Carolina Baylor, I think game of the tournament so far. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I thought TCU, Arizona or, uh, uh, TCU, Arizona was great last night. Yeah. Memphis Gonzaga was, Ooh, was, was too. I mean, there, Memphis- bit, there Gonzaga was great. Unbelievable games uh ucla akron had a great first uh, first round game that was that was tight but but not really the uh the second one um thoughts on the two sec teams going home kentucky we talked about a little bit on friday because it happened thursday tennessee team a lot of people are maybe surprised to see not make it to the sweet 16 michigan bounces them Is, is michigan picking up steam well, yeah, you, you would sure think so. That Michigan, I mean, that's a, t- that's a team
0: a lot of people were like, what are they doing there? They shouldn't even be in the tournament.
6: So you got some brand names in action Thursday. Arkansas Gonzaga kicks off the action on CBS. Michigan Villanova on TBS. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty marquee. Texas Tech Duke. Texas Tech a slight favorite yeah, they in, are. in what could be Coach K's final game uh i don't oh, yeah. know if you've heard everyone every have you heard be. Well, yeah, have you guys heard, heard that
0: yeah. have i seen what what's he doing what's he doing today has
6: there been any mention during the broadcast about the fact that coach k is retiring uh so texas tech and duke and then houston arizona houston yeah. one Houston's of the more Houston's another team that's an impressive those are four great games yep. on You're thursday right. i know auburn people maybe are ready to slam the door on basketball those are four great games on thursday slated for the tournament And then friday I mean, I think they're starting off yet. Yeah, well, no, it's uh, they're starting off with St. Peter's and Purdue, the uh, the peacocks mm-hmm. of St. Peter's, the 15 seed advancing. Shaheen Holloway, the uh, former point guard. How about this? 1996 McDonald's All American Game MVP, teammates with uh, Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, and Kobe Bryant on that McDonald's All American wow. team. Then became a point guard at Seton Hall. Was an assistant coach at Seton Hall as well. Coincidentally, Seton Hall looking for a head yeah, coach. Yeah,
0: very well, very well likely, very likely to be Seton Hall's next. Yeah, Kev, Kevin Willard hey, taking we, the Michigan job. Go ahead, run the, 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 games the because job. we haven't talked about the uh, the coaching moves. Oh. The SEC
6: is filling up those slots. That's right. So Saint Peter's, Purdue is the first game on Friday. Then Providence, Kansas. Uh, then then you've got. Uh, the North Carolina UCLA game that we were just mentioning, North Carolina, very impressive game, uh, a pair of impressive games to get this far. UCLA, one of the best starting fives left in the There's, tournament.
0: They, they've been advancing. That's they've the been same advancing.
6: Thing. Well, they pulled away from St. Mary's yeah, a little bit, that was a uh, that was a, that was a nice game for the uh, for Mick Cronin and the Bruins. And then you've got uh, Iowa State Miami final game of the day on Friday. So yeah, some interesting elite, or, uh, some interesting Sweet Sixteen matchups to uh, to leave us with eight teams left in the field.
0: Let's go ahead and 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 uh, quickly run down some of the coaching moves that have been made so that we can sort of. Ease back into hearing from Brian Matthews, who will be talking some football. Uh, I'll talk about some of the things that the assistant said in the next segment. But let's uh, let's catch you up on some of the coaching news in case you haven't heard. Um, at least, let's see. One one hire has been made official. Another one expected to be. Um, officially, the LSU hire isn't isn't
6: an official hire yet, is I don't it? know if anybody's filled the beans. Let me check to see the last. I'm uh,
0: seeing it reported that they are about, that's the last thing I saw, there, that LSU was about to announce Matt McMahon of Murray State as Will Wade's replacement.
6: Yeah, it's still sources say LSU right. will hire, but I think it's serious enough in the process we can report that. LSU is is reportedly about to hire Matt McMahon as their new basketball coach from Murray State. And
0: and a lot of people going, How could that be? There's no way they didn't think LSU
6: would be able to hire anyone who'd ever been heard of. Two words. Scott Woodward, my friend. That is not a uh, that, that's yeah. that's not an athletic director that, that and, settles and this for is the
0: SEC. Yeah. And, and LSU um and we're also talking NCAA, you know. I would expect LSU isn't going to be eligible for the postseason next year, but I I don't know how much more other than a couple of scholars. No, I think
6: think if LSU had tried to fight this while keeping Will Wade as their head coach, they could be putting themselves on the chopping block for, like, something really permanent and nasty from the NCAA. But by parting ways with Will Wade, it's almost an acknowledgement, right, that, you know, something needs to be done, and maybe Will Wade needs to lose his job, and and maybe, uh, you know, that the NCAA will not throw the book at them the way they could and and i would agree i would expect maybe a one-year postseason ban could be on the table i think if you're matt mcmahon and that's the penalty you pay to be a head coach at a place like lsu you know that's it that you get you get your shot in the uh, in the sec dennis gates an interesting hire by missouri the cleveland state coach is uh, is headed over there Longtime assistant to leonard hamilton at florida state he was uh uh, an assistant for about a decade for Leonard Hamilton before getting the Cleveland State job. He's made the tournament a few times at Cleveland mm-hmm. State. Interesting to see what he does at Missouri. That's a guy who's who was a uh, a very he had a he had a reputation as a great recruiter for Leonard Hamilton at Florida State, and they are some good players came to play for Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. Maybe he can recapture some of that at Missouri.
0: And then uh, Florida and Mississippi State have also since the last time we were on the
6: air. Florida and Mississippi state <laughs> I think we had the golden story on friday i don't no, think I don't we know. I don't think we, we had did. Chris Jans I think we I had, know we I, didn't have Chris Jans, yeah, I, but I, I think the Todd golden Todd Golden
0: came up uh late later on Friday. I don't think we had it
6: for some reason, I thought we talked about Todd golden so. on on friday, but the uh, but the maybe the news started to break. During, we, during we, the show?
0: We, we were talking about he could be. Right. Remember, that's that's what we were saying Friday.
6: But I know that the uh, yeah, Chris Jans, a, a former Florida Junior College head coach down in uh, Chipola, uh, mm-hmm. he's uh, somebody who's who's been around at, at a couple of different spots, but he most recently was at New Mexico State. Yeah, nearly, nearly knocked Auburn off when Auburn made the run. That's right, and beat UConn in the NCAA right. tournament this year. He's going to bring his... Uh, his, his unique offense to Mississippi State, and I think if he gets the players, a little bit like Kermit Davis. Didn't, if he, they, if didn't he can, they
0: just get knocked out by Arkansas? Who
6: yes, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So if he can, uh, if he can get the players to, uh, to, to to fit his system, this is a guy who's been, you know, he, he's battle tested. Reminds me a little bit of Kermit Davis in that regard. You give him the players and uh, and, and the support around that program, I think he could do really good things. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll uh, shift gears, talk a little football
0: when we come back. Uh, stick with us here on the Monday Drive from Franklin Tire.
1: Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive, 23 minutes after 5
0: o'clock. Uh, Ty, if you get a chance, give us a call back. We had Ty the Tiger in, and lost him. So if you get a chance, you can uh, give us a call back. We're going to talk uh, a shift away from basketball a little bit. I mean, now it is, uh, it's, it's gorgeous spring weather. Quite a few things to think about. I mean, obviously, the Diamond were softball uh, looking to uh, take two out of three against South Carolina this evening after a heartbreaking loss the other day And then uh, coming back and and winning handily, baseball, crazy weekend, Thursday through Saturday against the number one Ole Miss Rebels, and uh, they uh, kicked the ball around, gave up a lot of unearned runs, lost Thursday, blew Ole Miss out on Friday, Uh, and then Saturday, um, I mean, uh, a misplayed, sun-lost pop-up was really the biggest damage early on, and then um, just, uh, just sort of lost it there in the middle innings, but, but not getting swept by the number one team in the country, uh, is, is not the worst thing in the world. Big series coming up this weekend as they go to Texas A&M after they play South Alabama in Montgomery tomorrow. But, uh, let's talk a little football today was the, um, first time we had a chance to get to know the new additions to the Auburn football coaching staff. And uh, that, that would be um, Rock Bellantoni, who was with the staff as an analyst a year ago. Now the edge coach, uh, Jimmy Brumbaugh, the former Auburn player, back home. And he's really, you can, he is really excited about being here. Man, it hardly has a voice. Um, I didn't get to hear him answer. Why was it from him yelling at the Ball game last night at the TV at the ball game. I've got a feeling he's been instructing
6: his mm, his uh, yeah.
0: position players there on the defensive
6: front. He's got post-event coaches voice, uh, yeah. which is something I mean, you hear a lot in the NCAA is, tournament. Which is, which is very rare. Yeah, yeah that's mean, right.
0: Yeah, he didn't have much of a voice. Christian Robinson, the new linebacker's coach, and Ike Hilliard, the new receiver's coach. A little a couple of tidbits from those coaches today. Uh, Ike Hilliard... Um, Letting us know that uh, VAR, as 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 we now that is that is Javarius Johnson is VAR. Oh, I did learn that. Tavarish Dawson is, is Chick. Had not
6: heard that one before. Chick Dawson, Chick right. Dawson. But uh, Javar. It's like a local news guy. Javari, it does, right? It does. Um, you got a Chick Dawson but, but with the VAR, traffic.
0: Javarius Johnson out for a little while. They hope to have him back before the end of the spring. And yeah, Jason Caldwell was telling me yes, he'd seen him in a boot. So he's. Having some issue with the foot, but uh, but we were told by Ike Hilliard that Landon come, come King, to Franklin get that wheel fixed, right? Uh, that's true. That Landon King has not practiced any at wide receiver. He has strictly been a tight end. I I, keep, I said I'd love to have him but they won't let him go at tight end.
6: You know what I keep coming back to with all those tight ends, too, is, is whether or you're not... going to see two
0: of them on the field how, at
6: the same time. How often blocked. we're going to see two tight ends and how often we're going to see a tight end playing fullback or something approximating the fullback position when you've got this many of them and you're trying to yeah. get them different snaps and you're trying to get different looks for Tank Bigsby in the running game, and he's somebody who's played well with a lead blocker before. Is that Schenker? Is that Deal? Is that From? Is that, you know, where does Riley Ducker... Uh, uh, fit in to, to that mix as well as Landon King. I mean, you've got a, a talented, deep roster of tight ends. It's Just a matter of how Auburn decides to deploy them. But yeah, something that had been a question throughout last season and, and this offseason. You know what, what is what is the short term future hold for Landon King? Sounds like the answer is he is a tight end for the 2022 season.
0: Uh, just got a note from Brian Matthews. He is uh, done with the uh, viewing window, so we'll, we will check in with Brian as we come back from our bottom of the hour break, which is coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, let's see, just some of the highlights from the from the other coaches, Rock, Bell, and Tony talking about needing more bodies there at the edge, said uh, Dylan Brooks is really coming on. Um, what a tremendous difference he has seen in Dylan Brooks from last fall until right now, and they really need to get him ready, behind Derek Hall and Eku Liotta, but the Derek and Eku are, are two of the leaders. Derek, a very vocal leader. Eku, more of a leader by
6: example. They're at uh, the edge position. It feels like some of these guys who haven't played uh, college football or haven't been counted on for playing time at any point in their careers, this is a chance. These few weeks yep. are a chance to show your team and your coaches that they can have a role for you this season and they don't need to hit the transfer portal hard. But... I mean, they've they've got to, and even with the numbers, you know, it, it depends on what they need in the trend. I mean, that can impact what I they mean, need. The, the two I was talking about, Ike Hilliard, yeah. uh, Rock Bell, and Tony—they're looking for help. That's right. Do you need Do you need starters? Do you need numbers? And I guess that's something that the spring sort of decides. Is you know which which more where does Dylan Brooks fit in? You know, is he is he is he a starter or is he depth right now? These receivers, who's a starter? Who's depth? What do you need? You know, when, when you go shopping. What what do you you have on your list? We'll get to our bottom of the hour
0: break. Brian Matthews, who we opened the show with, will join us again as he's been over at the uh, Complex checking out some football practice. So we'll uh, check back in with Brian and then take your phone calls as time permits in the final half hour of the Monday Drive from Franklin Tire.
1: Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in, final half hour, or 25
0: minutes or so actually, of the Monday drive as we come to you from Franklin Tire, and again, um, anything you need seen about with your vehicle, I mean, I just got, got an oil change, but I mean, anything from minor to major, they can handle it, and of course, they've got the great selection of the, uh, uh, the Firestone and uh, Continental and, I mean, Bridgestone tires, um, stop in. And they're here from seven thirty normally till five thirty, but since we're here today, they're open a little longer today. And then on Saturday,
6: seven thirty to noon. Normally, with us on Mondays, what you got? Oh, what's the phone number, Bill? Everybody got to tell everybody how they
0: three one three three four
6: eight two one four five seven. Save that number, and not not everybody's called it a million times like you. These people need to save the Franklin Tire number in their phones and call them the first moment something goes wrong in the car, or better yet. Call them before something goes yeah, wrong with your car, and they'll prevent it from happening yep. uh, if, if they can. As I was saying,
0: I mean, usually with us in person on Mondays, but it's been a pretty busy day for Brian Matthews. As we were saying earlier, he just got back in town from, uh, from Greenville, South Carolina, where he was covering Auburn basketball uh, for AuburnSports.com. And then uh, gets in town, heads on over to the Athletic Complex, did a uh, segment with us at the beginning of the show on basketball. But there was a football uh, viewing window for the media, and Brian was over there and kind enough to uh, rejoin us here on the drive. Brian, it's been a gorgeous day. This is a great day to be able to uh, wander around outside as long as the pollen doesn't get to you too badly.
2: Well, I'm I've, I've medicated enough, so I got that pollen
0: uh, uh, shield up right now. So, so far, so good. Uh, that's, that's good, but I mean, great day. I mean, this is a great day to be to be participating uh and if you're not participating viewing a little bit of sports you got a chance to watch a little of the uh of the practice what was going on today
2: well we saw i wouldn't call it team but we saw uh the full offense working together a little bit which was nice uh, running through some plays and such saw a lot of quarterback action i uh, got to see a little bit of defense going through some drills and stuff but uh it was a pretty good viewing period out there for about 20 or so minutes
0: any uh Anything catch your eye offensively? Were there any surprises out there uh, for the uh, um, for the first group? Yeah,
2: so uh, the, at quarterback uh, they're rotating TJ first, Demetrius second, and Holden third. Well, they're they're sort of rotating the third guys. Robbie Ashford got in there. Did not see Zach Calzada throw today, but he was out there, and that could be a function of maybe they give him a day off, or maybe. Those particular drills that we saw, he wasn't uh, throwing, but uh, he was out there. You know, no problems with that goes. But I thought that um, I thought T.J. Finley was especially sharp today. Um, they did the drill where you know they have the five players out there and they run five different routes, and you know the quarterback's got to make the different throws, and he he looked really
0: sharp during that drill. Yeah, you
6: know, that's, that's something I keep coming back to with T.J. Finley, right? I mean, there it we seems keep
0: like hearing. Yes, we keep hearing folks talking about how focused and how much of a leader T.J. is and and how much his teammates really have his back. Definitely.
2: And he's a vocal leader out there. You can hear him on the field. You can see him leading the group, you know, running out front uh, from drill to drill, place to place on the practice field. And then he's, you know, look sharp throwing the ball. Um, They did that drill. They did a drill where they roll it out and they try to hit a target. And, uh, I you know, I don't have the exact numbers, but they're keeping up with the count of, of how many, and I'm pretty sure TJ uh, won that. Uh, so he looked really good doing that, too.
0: Uh, yeah, that's so, something Eric you Keesaw know, uh, said and Brian Harson were talking about. They are charting everything that every quarterback yep. does the entire spring. So, I mean, one one off day uh, could have a big impact on, on how you stand in, in that competition.
2: Oh, yeah, and uh, I think it was Harson out there. Uh, sort of pushing them uh, during that drill, that, that target drill, and they rolled out and uh, having a little fun with that too. Um, and I thought Holden uh, was the other quarterback that stood up to me that threw the ball really well today. Was not perfect, and sort of TJ was kind of perfect, maybe not the word, but uh, you know made all the throws. Uh, to me, was by far the second best quarterback out there. Looked really sharp too. Uh, was impressed with him of the guys that were throwing.
0: Any uh, um, well. Any any changes along the front uh, on the offensive line? Uh, no, I think everything was the same. Um, I didn't
2: look at it, but uh, Christian, uh, who works for us, got the, got the two deep there, put it on our board, but he said there weren't any changes. So uh, the same offensive line, I guess, uh, from that first week uh, we were out there. Um, let's see. Other things that stood out to me, uh, Tank Bigsby. Uh, I saw him catching a bunch of passes out there. Uh, you can tell he's worked on it. Uh, I didn't see any drops. Looked much smoother catching the ball. And then Jordan Ingram is a back that you know I don't think he played hardly at all last year. Oh, shit. Uh, When I saw him, in, when I saw him in person last year, I thought he looked like more like a scat back. Uh, I saw him today a little bit, and he looked a little, you know beefed up. He looked more like a a power back, maybe not a power power back, but he looked like he had definitely added some nice weight to his frame. So it'd be interesting to see if he can work his way in, uh, into the rotation this year.
6: Brian, those are those are players I'm really intrigued by, are guys who uh, were, were late arrivals to the team and were maybe not counted on to produce much in 2021 accordingly. Uh, Roe Torrance would, would strike me as someone uh, you could lump in there. Joko Willis as well. I think Joko was there a little bit earlier, but Roe Torrance certainly, as, as well as Dylan Brooks, somebody we were talking about earlier in the show, along with uh, Jordan Ingram. How, how much is riding on this spring for players like that to make a statement, make an argument that they belong, uh, you know, in, in the too deep and can be counted on this season.
2: A lot, because uh, if you're a guy that's been in the program, this is your second year, and um, you start getting passed by guys that are bringing in, you know, in this in this round of uh, additions, whether it's freshmen or transfers, uh, then you know you're starting to feel like maybe Auburn's not the place for you. So it's real big for those guys to step up. And I got a chance to watch the edge guys uh, go through some drills incredibly impressed with Derek call. I mean, that dude just gets after it every day. You know, he has no, no, nothing to prove to me or the guys out there. Everybody knows how good he is. But he is pushing himself to be even better and better. Uh, he's the first guy in that group. He's a leader, vocal, and you can just see how hard he works in every drill. And You know, Leo those same type attitude, same get after it not. And I noticed, um, you know, some of those backups there, the young guys you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, getting a lot of attention, not just from Rock. Uh, you know, the new position coach, but also from uh, from Derek and ECU. So uh, those guys are putting in some hard work trying to get better at that position.
0: Yeah, Rock was talking, I was just mentioning that a few minutes ago, uh, Brian, that that Rock was uh, really talking up his guys there. I mean, the leadership of his two seniors, and then the improvement of Dylan Brooks he talked about from uh, this past fall to right now, saying, you know, getting him ready for the SEC. Yep. Yep, he's a big big player for this year's team because
2: that depth is really non-existent behind uh, Derek and uh, Eku right now. He's proven depth. And he's a guy that can step up. And I think they're going to bring in one or two more guys to help out there. But uh, this is his time to shine. If he can make a big step forward this spring, uh, he's going to put himself in position to play a whole
0: lot uh, coming up this fall. One of the the things that I did see Christian put up there um, goes back to another thing that uh, you didn't get in town in time for the assistant coaches today, the meeting some of the new guys. And one of the things that Ike Hilliard said, which was a little surprising, I asked him, you know, he was talking about not having a whole lot of guys and was going down and mentioning something about a lot of the players that were out there. Um, you know, well, I, I mentioned that, uh, you know, he said, are Jabaris Johnson uh, out for a little while. They hope to get him back soon. So I asked him about Landon King and he said, He'd love to have Landon King, but he hasn't practiced one bit at, uh, t- at a wide receiver that he's been a tight end. I saw hmm. where Christian uh, said he was number two tight end behind John Samuel today.
2: That's interesting. Um, and I, That's kind of the opposite of what I was expecting. I was expecting because he played wide receiver yeah. last year and because Auburn's depth is so poor at that position that he would play more uh, wide receiver this spring. Maybe there's a plan to flip him at some point maybe. But on the other hand, I also felt like Landon is a natural tight end. That's his position. If he's playing on the next level, it's as a tight end. So I think it's also important to develop those skills. So uh, if he's running the number two tight end, that's that's a sign that he's really starting to come around. And, of course, they can have a big um, scrimmage on Friday, and that's going to be a really big uh, time to start you know, determining you know what guys are going to be in that early two deep, what guys are stepping up and what guys, especially just like quarterbacks who might – not be getting the same amount of reps, uh, you know, starting the following week.
0: Yeah, uh, well, as a matter of fact, I get a text from Tex who wonders if TJ looks like he's trimmed down any because he just wondered if he uh, uh, was maybe a little heavier last year than he'd been, you know, at LSU. You know, I didn't get a up-close look at him, but he
2: looked like he was moving a lot quicker. You know, right. so maybe, maybe he had uh, that's something I'm going to have to look for next time I'm out there. But uh, he did move around really, really well, and he didn't look um, clunky at all, I'll say.
6: Well, no, and I think it would be natural to assume that T.J. Finley was, like a lot of people, disappointed by the way the 2021 season ended, and he would love to have a chance to change the story a little bit, to change his narrative as far as, you know, he doesn't want to be the guy who took over and, and was the quarterback for much of the losing streak that ended the season, he'd like to play some more football and play better football for Auburn and maybe be part of the of of the return of Auburn football or, or something, you know, the, you know the the bounce back, the rebound and uh, and so yeah, even though Auburn brought in T, uh, Zach Calzada to compete with TJ Finley, and I don't want to dismiss the other quarterbacks too much, but I, I mean it, it feels like a battle between Finley and Calzada to be the starter in 2022 and don't write off the possibility that TJ Finley is a better TJ Finley than the guy we saw even as recently as the bowl game right Brian I
2: agree with that you know between Auburn and LSU he's got almost a season of, of starting under his belt over two years you would expect this would be the time this year that he really steps up he uses all that experience everything he's gained he was sort of a raw prospect coming out of high school so a guy that you know you can build up. So. Uh, maybe a year back uh, in the same system. Um, well, similar system was put that way <laughs> with some of the same coaches uh, will help him develop a little bit better, you know, and, and work on those things that have been, you know, keeping up from being a, you know, an elite level guy, you know, his accuracy, uh, his timing, you know, uh, his movement in the pocket, some of those things uh, that he really needs to step
0: up and get better at. Ryan, you brought up a, a great point. I, I think, this well in, in something I wanted to get to, and that's the the scrimmage this this week. This is a very important week of practice. This is a very important scrimmage coming up. Trying to for these guys that uh, Dan was talking about, and we've talked about a good bit. The ones you haven't seen that much for them to try to make a move. This is really big. This will be their first big opportunity getting out there in that scrimmage. It is. You know,
2: I think they got what eight or nine newcomers too. Big chance for those guys to get in there and see if they can uh, make a move up that depth chart, you know. And uh, the quarterbacks, is going to be huge for them, right. That's a, that's a position where, you know, they're not going to rotate five um, or, or not equally, certainly, uh, after uh, that scrimmage, I wouldn't think. Uh, so that will be big for them. And, you know, there's just a lot of good position battles, too, to keep an eye on with the offensive line, see if a guy like Jeremiah Wright can step up and maybe take a position from a guy. You know, if he does win a position, he's taking it from a guy with starting experience. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a, probably a lot of starting experience. So uh, that's a guy to watch, uh, you know, another guy to watch on offense. I think wide receiver remain wide open, as wide open the same position can be, other than quarterback probably. And then on defense, you've got some good starters at a lot of positions, but you don't have a lot of established depth. Uh, so this scrimmage and this week will be big for those guys to start sorting things out.
0: Ryan, really appreciate you uh, doing a little double duty here this afternoon, uh, giving us a little basketball Analysis early on and football. That's just sort of an indication as we uh, give you the opportunity to let everybody know all the things going on. Got another Monday music. And man, you do go in all kinds of different directions uh, today with uh, <laughs> Selena there on on his yeah. music on his, on his musics on the monday musics but i mean there's so much oh I info think, and entertainment there at, at uh, auburn
6: sports when Club i there. when i think about folks on the auburn beat that love tejano music from the 90s you know brian matthews is the guy that comes no to doubt. mind well
2: it was a great chance to learn more about her and her career and uh you know, you know she was killed i think she was 23 which is so tragic and um just an incredible artist uh, for those uh, few years she was out there. And, um, you know, it's always uh, fun to learn new things about some of these music artists, maybe that you didn't listen to or aren't your type of music. So I enjoy it, but I appreciate it. And I want to mention also besides, you know, basketball, football, baseball's playing tomorrow, softball's off to an incredible start uh, so far. Uh, So there's plenty going on at Auburn uh, this spring, and we'll keep busy uh, covering that. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at bmatau. Next rundown when? Uh, we're getting together tomorrow. Probably have some good stories day. to tell about our our experiences in um, in Greenville. We had a good time. You know, I had some fun. You know, it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just all work. So, no, uh, uh, we'll no, looked like he had
0: some fun. Uh,
6: it, it was,
2: it was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah follow, morning, I definitely. follow him
6: on Twitter. He had fun. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, man, Brian. Thanks, thanks
0: again. It's always great to uh, spend a little time with you. Uh, uh, get a little rest now. Get over the. Uh, get over the. Who drove?
2: Uh, Jay drove, so that was nice. Oh, okay. Very well, nice. that's good. But the thing is, we were able to drive, park, and not use the car for basically the whole. I don't know. What was it four or five days we were there? So, well, that was nice. The downtown Greenville. If anybody's ever been there? It's a great city. A uh, terrific well, place good. to hold
0: an event like that. That's what everybody that went said. Glad you had a good time, Brian. Sorry, uh, you know, that you're not getting to go to Chicago, like I said a little earlier, but uh, thanks again for uh, spending a little time with us today.
2: I appreciate it, guys. Y'all take care,
0: and I'm sure I'll see you around here soon. All right. Brian Matthews joining us for the second time, giving us a little football info this time. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Monday drive from Franklin Tire.
1: Live on The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502. Or email us at TheDrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive
0: final segment here on this Monday as we've uh, uh, once again really enjoy being here at Franklin Tire. Can't say it enough. I mean, anything that you need seen about with your vehicle. I mean, you know that there's certain things maintenance that need to get done, uh, but but when there are things that you don't really know what they are, um, then let them let them. Let you know exactly what it is. They diagnose it. Let you know uh, if there are options, what you can look at. uh, And generally, I mean, very, very rarely will they not be able to take care of it. And a great body shop as well. Uh, They've got the uh, 24-hour towing service. You can uh, come by if you've got an extra vehicle. You can drop it off at night. They've got the night drop. So, I mean, they can do it all for you. Here at Franklin Tire. Got a couple of minutes left. Wanted to hit a couple of the uh, things Brian was talking to. Uh, Christian Clemente. Yes, from a uh, um, staffer there. Fellow staffer there at 24-7. Part of uh,
6: excuse, the rhythm at, 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 at section. at AuburnSports.com. At AuburnSports.com. Uh,
0: has put out some notes. And and Brian was talking about the quarterbacks and their
6: accuracy today. And how things were going. Yes,
0: uh, Christian pointing out that TJ was 23 for 25. Through the drills, hitting targets that uh, Holden Gurner was 13 for 13 hitting targets said so a couple walk-ons dropped passes but he hit the targets. Robbie Ashford, 14 of 17 uh, that D struggled a little bit and was uh, uh, missed, missed three of the targets when they were watching. They only got to see him throw seven passes uh, but, but he was four of seven on hitting targets that sort of goes along with what we've heard early this year that, that, uh, uh, he probably struggling a little more with accuracy than the other quarterbacks.
6: I'm, I'm more interested in Robbie Ashford than D Davis because Robbie Ashford was somebody this coaching he was staff brought in by this. State. Yeah. That, that's somebody this coaching staff brought in to sort of develop as a, uh, as an athletic, uh, mobile quarterback that still maybe has some, has some, uh, uh, some some skills with his oh, arm. Upside. I mean and, well here's interesting. Here's what here's what Christian Clemente wrote.
0: Robbie was also very passionate during drills. You can tell he's a baseball player. He throws hard. Looks like he's always trying to turn two.
6: Okay. I mean there's a, I mean <laughs> so maybe it's more about you got to change the arm angle, right, with uh, with 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 Robbie to get, you know, to, to take some some well, MPH okay, off or, the yeah,
0: work on touch maybe a little bit, not just but he's got the arm strength.
6: Right. I mean, that, that's, a, yeah, that's a guy I'm curious about. And D. Yeah. Davis, I mean, I don't want to write D. Davis off, but at the same time, it's always felt like an odd fit. And he's got his work cut out for him to really make an impact as a quarterback between now and the end of the spring. Hey, thanks to uh, Brian
0: Matthews for joining us both at the beginning and near the end of the show. All of our callers and, of course, great news here at Franklin Tire. We're out of time on the Monday Drive. Back with you tomorrow in the studio. It's going to do it for today. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.